What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we're here to bring you our opinion on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 201. Got a little MLB uh, discussion towards the end of the show. We're going to start off with some NFL news. Um, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Man, we thought... We knew his contract extension was coming. It would have to. He's not a first-round pick. He's going in the year four if they don't want an ugly situation, such as Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. They were going to have to get this done, and they got it done. After letting several key free agents walk uh, in free agency, obviously that's when you let free agents walk, not in the middle of the season, uh, and you know, re-signing some veteran players who they let go to you know smaller, more team-friendly contracts, uh, they gave Jalen Hurts a very Jalen Hurts-friendly contract. Five years, $255 million. He's now the single highest-paid annual uh, player per annual earnings in the NFL. Um, God, it was like $179 million guaranteed. I mean, number one, if you're Lamar Jackson, you never want to hear the word Baltimore again. Uh, two, I mean, this is an astronomical contract. However... Number one, he's not even in his prime yet. No. I think he's only getting better. Uh, I think he's proven, proved last year he's the real deal. The year before, I believe that was a Doug Peterson year where they took him out at the end of the season because they wanted to intentionally, you know, lose, which is what it is. Whatever. I'm not bagging anybody for what It is what it is. That's part of the game. And until it's illegal, they played it within the confines of the rules. So that's fine. Um, 24 years old still haven't seen the best of him and it's very clear watching that offense that it, it revolves around him entirely uh he's a big guy can take a hit he's not you know scrawny where you worry if you know he gets tackled the wrong way all of a sudden all that guarantees up in smoke uh and he's a leader on the team played great in the super bowl uh just you know made some the team itself made some mistakes and, uh, I mean, it's five years. So, if for whatever reason it doesn't work out, it's not like it's a franchise crippling investment for the next decade and a half. Or you end up in a situation where he doesn't want to be there like Aaron Rodgers and you don't know what you're going to do. So, it's insane. It's all Monopoly money in sports. Anyways, we've made that, we've commented on that at least a dozen times, yeah. you know, seemingly every other episode. Uh, so, I mean, they have the money to spend. And he's their guy. I think it's a good move. Um, again, the money's insane, but it is anyways. So, I mean, good for them for getting it done and not letting it linger in the off season and linger into the season and, and and have questions from other players who may want to be there long term. Saying, "Well, I want to be here with Jalen. Is he going to be here too?" Now they know. Right. All was put to bed. They have their guy. It's done. It's over with. And it's five years. He's still not even going to be 30 by the time the contract is up. He's still going to be in his prime when the contract's up. Great for the Eagles. Great for Jalen Hurts. Uh, just, again, what's the GM? Howie Rossman, that's his GM. Is that how you pronounce it? The Howie GM? Roseman. Howie Roseman. Again, the guy does it time and time again, sincerely. He might be the best GM in the National Football League. And if somebody's better, please, please give me that argument. Because this guy time and time again does what's good for the team and puts the team in a good position. And if you're a fan of not only the Eagles, but just common sense, 
you like to see it and, and you wish maybe uh, GM on other teams would do the same thing. <laughs> um, but there's only one Howie Roseman. So good move. Congrats, Jalen. Look forward to watching you play. Yeah. Uh, they re-signed James Bradbury. Uh, they cut and then subsequently re-signed Darius Slay. Um, luckily for them, they, you know, they had a good relationship, so that was able to be uh, – mm-hmm. he was able to be brought back. They smartly did not re-sign Miles Sanders because you can get running back value anywhere in the draft. Just yeah. ask the um, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they traded for A.J. Brown and gave him an extension. Boom, boom, take care of that. Drafting Devonte, Devonta Smith. Um, uh, Dallas Goddard still in the fold. They can bring in more pieces if they need to. They still have salary. And, Chris, here's an added benefit. His contract doesn't start till next year because he is in his fourth season. That's right. Yeah. He's okay. a, and, and, and if you didn't know, um, you're out there, you don't know. You know, this is the time where, you know, people going into their players going in their fourth season are eligible for contract extensions. Um, and if you're wondering why there's not a commonality between Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts in this situation is pretty much point blank is – Jalen's making $4 million this year, and he's going to get a pay bump by his contract extension. He cannot play – he cannot be uh, tagged for a fifth-year option because he was drafted in the second round. So he played uh, – he he built his credibility in the organization. He may only have one full season of outstanding play, um, but he timed it right. You know, they didn't play him in his first season, really. Second season, they were unsure. Chris went into it already. Um, pulled him out at the end of the season. It was Doug Peterson. They were kind of going between different quarterbacks, trying to figure out their future. There was question going into this season. Was the future going to be built around Jalen Hurts? And I think Howie Roseman kind of really just – Stamp that out. <laughs> Put a really stamp on that one. <laughs> when, he, when when he said, "I'm gonna go get Jalen, uh, go get Jalen a uh, number one target in AJ Brown," I think he did. And then when he did that, mm-hmm. I think that should have signaled to all Eagles fans, yes, Jalen Hurts is the option. With the with the side note that if it doesn't work, you still have an outstanding wide receiver in AJ Brown, and obviously with uh, Devontae Smith too. Um, I do want to bring up a, a side point, Chris. Uh, what you mentioned about Jalen being pulled at the end of the game, and you said until people, you know, play, teams start getting fined for it, you know, there's nothing. There's you know, there's there's nothing you can do. The Dallas Mavericks just got fined uh, for, I believe, if I have this correct, if I don't have this correct, someone can correct me. Uh, but uh, Kyrie Irving got pulled uh, after the first quarter in the last game, and Luka Doncic got pulled after the third quarter. Um, of that last game, if they had won, if Dallas had won that game, they would be in the play-in tournament. If they lose, they're not in the play-in tournament, and you know they're in the the hunt for the uh, a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the numbers are stacked the way they are, so odds of them getting number one, I think, is almost zero. If it isn't zero, but the benefits of them, you know, going in the play-in tournament with a, with a team that they're not really confident in. Um, kind of lent them to do that, and I guess 
the NBA, if you look at it from a thousand uh, foot view, Chris, it does look like they purposely tanked that last game to lose. Um, obviously, you got to prove it, and I guess the NBA has enough proof that they said yes, and mm-hmm. they find them. So you kind of do have to be careful nowadays because you know you got leagues starting to trend towards we don't want you to tank, we don't want you to. You know, this load management in the NBA is starting to get a little bit pushback, whether it's younger players or front office officials or the league officials, or fans. Um, that being said, just a sidetrack um, from what you pointed out. It seems to be there might be a little bit more to what you're saying about, you know, teams getting fined in the future. Um, I think it would be a little bit more weight in the NFL because – those draft picks are not there's no lottery it's right. here's where you're at and i think nfl is a little different because there's a lot more value as opposed to major league baseball do you know who the first pick's going to be because i don't know and uh, nba after you get about after about five or six in the draft it's pretty much oh, the same yeah it's pretty much the same real crap uh, yeah absolutely and and you can hit in the second round late in the in the NBA draft as equally as you can hit in the mid uh middle of the draft in the first round so um with all that, all that being said it's a great it's a great signing by the Eagles um five year deal yeah you're right he'll he'll be 30 when he's yeah I forgot about the whole year this year so I was one year off but yeah 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 so he'll play out this year he'll uh under the contract uh, the rookie contract and then he'll get his extension kicking in he's third in total guarantees amongst quarterbacks, uh, only Tyler Murray at 189 and Deshaun at 230. And to be quite frank, in his one full season plus, he's done a hell of a lot more than those two have. Let's be let's be, let's put all the cards on the table. Um, so, Chris, I, I guess that leads to the. And I think I alluded to it a little bit. It really leads to the question in Baltimore, and I know you kind of mentioned that too where does this put lamar in mindset because he has an mvp he's kind of proven he is a, is a starting quarterback in the league mm-hmm. i understand the injury concern uh honestly Jalen could go out in game three next year i don't want this to happen let me clear i don't want it to happen but he could go in game three next year you know scrambling get hit he's done for the season that yeah. could possibly happen and then yeah, anytime um, you never know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He could scramble in a, in a training camp drill and pop his ACL. You know, anything can happen. That's why if I'm the Baltimore RG3 Ravens, RG3 just got, cringed somewhere. I know, I know. Hey, got a second. Hey, great second career, though, I'll tell you that. No, he's doing great now. I'm not no um, knocking the guy. But it just happened, though. Unfortunately, he was injury yeah. prone. Um, if, you're the, the, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, you do have to look at that and say, okay, I understand the injury concern, but what Lamar does, he is probably one of those effective players on the field outside of Patrick Mahomes, which is he's on a tier of his own. And, you know, there's a lot of rumors about what he's been offered, you know, 170 guaranteed, 200 guaranteed. Who knows? Who knows the truth? And I and I don't. I, I know we've talked about this too. That Lamar was putting stuff out on social media. It seems like he's kind of tapered it back a little bit. Yeah. So, 
ultimately, Chris, we're one, one, one week away. Are we one week away from the draft? Yeah, we're one week and one day away from wow. the draft. Wow, I believe already, huh? We're right there. We're right there. We're knocking on the door. We're saying hi. Um, are we, do we have an answer before the draft? Of what? Lamar Jackson. Do we have an answer? Oh, this Dude, this is sincerely one of the most puzzling things I think I've ever seen as a football fan. Because uh, we've seen... Look, we saw like when Bryce Harper was a free agent. Mm-hmm. People thought he was going to get snapped right up, and he ended up getting signed late in the season. Or not late in the season, late in, late in the offseason, excuse me. Yep. Um, it almost seemed like he wouldn't have enough time to get ready for spring training. Uh, the Phillies snapped him up and didn't – he got a hell of a contract, but not nearly the what he thought he was going to get, what he was trying for. I mean, he was saying something he won like a half-billion-dollar contract or something like that, and it was like – I think he ended up getting somewhere in the, in the range of three. So we'll start a GoFundMe for him. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Bryce ain't starving. Um, so, I mean, you see things like that, but that's kind of like the player wants too much. The player, you know, you know he's going to get signed. Nobody thought Bryce Harper wasn't going to get signed. At this point, I don't know how this Lamar thing plays out. Make no bones about it. Lamar Jackson is a stud. He is a top-tier player, and he is a difference maker. He might be, uh, as far as it factor goes, no one's higher than Patrick Mahomes. As far as being able to change the game with just pure physical ability, there might not be anybody better in a game than Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts showed last year he's in that conversation, and even though he doesn't have an MVP, uh, he almost got a Super Bowl ring, which I think any player would prefer. Uh, and, you know, there's absolutely no sign that that Eagles team is going to be slowing down at all. But all you've heard is negative between the Ravens and Lamar. And then all of a sudden, they sign Odell Beckham, which, look, hell of a player. Came back after injuries and helped the Rams, absolutely helped that team to the Super Bowl and unfortunately got hurt in the Super Bowl. And then missed all of last season because he wanted to only be a playoff player. Very bizarre. And then he signs with the Ravens because he was hoping to play with Lamar, even though there's no indication Lamar is coming back. Uh, Very odd. Um, you know, and, and who knows what he has left. It's been a year since he's played. Uh, and I mean, we've seen guys who are great drop off just a season or two later because of age and he hasn't even been played. So who knows what he even has left. Wouldn't it be kind of like uh cruel irony if Lamar finally gets a top tier receiver and then doesn't come back to Baltimore. Uh, hmm. but I, I think, I don't know if we have an answer. I'm going to say no, I'm going to say no. I don't want to be on offense. I want to make a choice here. People don't want to listen to hear. I don't know. Um, I'm going to say no only because there's been zero indication of anything. It could come out of nowhere. Uh, I, I think I think the Ravens and other teams are actually waiting till after the draft to see how it yep. shakes out. Yep. Because I think if the Colts – Colts have the fourth, th- third or fourth pick. No, they have the fourth pick. Fourth pick. Yep. They don't get one of the top two they want. Could they go for Richardson? Sure. Is he a fourth overall pick caliber? I mean, there's a lot of hype on him. A lot of hype on Jamarcus Russell also. Who knows? Maybe the kid ends up being a stud. Maybe he's a dud. You never know. Could they take that and potentially flip it for uh, a more first-round picks down the road to a team that really wants to get in that top four and get somebody and then turn around to Baltimore and say, we didn't get our guy in the top two, So or the top two quarterbacks? Mm-hmm. let's turn around now and take some of the compensation we got 
for that four pick and send it to Baltimore and say, hey, look, we'll sign this offer sheet. We'll give it to him. Uh, you know, Jim Irsay is not always known to be the most clear of mind. So perhaps they could get him <laughs> on a good moment in the market, get a guarantee contract out of him. Who knows? Uh, I really think the options of where he can go are dwindling and they get oh, even yeah. lower after the draft. Yep. Uh, and if you're a team like Carolina who has the first overall pick now, uh, you're certainly not going to trade that a player you think might be a franchise player uh, and, and will be cheaper for at least the next three to four years by a mile than Lamar will be. So you can build other aspects of your team. I, I just, I think, I think this is by design though. I think early on Lamar wanted to find a place and now he's cool. That's why he's kind of stopped all the social media, you know, responses and all the talking and everything. And, and look, a lot of his responses are just defending himself because there's a lot of rumors right, out right, there. Right, so right. nothing he's doing wrong. He's just defending himself, which he has every right to do. Uh, I think teams are waiting, and I think right now Lamar's waiting to kind of see how it shakes out. Because if he wants to play and there's no suitors, you kind of have to make nice with Baltimore and go back. You know the fans would love to have him back. Um, I know as a Patriots fan, look, I'm really high on Mac Jones this year. I think with Bill, with Bill O'Brien at the helm and a whole new offense and all everything I've heard, he's going to be great. But if what the rumors were true earlier in the offseason, the Patriots turned around and traded a couple first-rounders and Mac to Baltimore, and we got Lamar, I'd be pretty jazzed about that. I can't, I can't, I can't say I wouldn't be out there going to buy number eight for New England jersey. Uh, you know, anybody would be happy to have a guy like Lamar. thing that separates him from Hurts, number one, up until last year, Lamar did not perform well in the playoffs. Uh, when, it, when it mattered most, and even if he had decent stats, they didn't win. Right. Uh, he has the MVP. That's great. A lot of guys who never won a ring have won MVPs. Jalen didn't have any messiness on his behalf with the team. The team kept, oh, they're going to trade him. Is he the guy? They're not sure. They're going to trade him. They're going to trade Wentz. Okay, they trade Wentz. Now he's the guy. Eh, they may still want to trade him anyways and get somebody else and bring them, and they're not sure he's the guy. Well, then he brings him to the Super Bowl. Now they're sure he's the guy. Like, right. none of the negativity between uh, that well not between him and the team but that kind of like could have been seen was any of Jalen Hurts is doing Jalen Hurts just went out and played and did what Jalen Hurts had to do and carried his team carried his offense because the offense revolves around him like you said about the running back and you nailed it they didn't re-sign Miles Sanders not because he's not a great running back because he is he's proven that but Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts' game much like Mahomes' game, can make a okay running back look a lot better than they are. So yeah. they don't have to spend the money there. Um, but anyways, you know, no, I don't think anything's done for the draft with Lamar. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think. I I I I'd say he's either back in Baltimore or he's with the Colts next season. I can't see him sitting out a year. That'd be the worst thing for him. Oh. Uh, he's either got to find a trade partner or call Baltimore and be like. Fine, make it a high guarantee. He's going to get a high guarantee regardless in that contract. Go, go ask Baltimore. Be like, hey, give me what Hurts just got. We're good. It's not fully guaranteed. I get a crap ton of money guaranteed. And look, I'm one. I'm I'm one of the people who believe that NFL contracts with the physicality should be fully guaranteed. However, if they're not, that's the game that it is. Owners aren't going to change that until they're forced to. That's how it always goes. Yeah. So. But- it's yeah. It's gonna. It's it's gonna. Uh, next week's draft is gonna go a long way to, to to seeing what happens with Lamar. 
it, and it's really going to hinge. Honestly, Chris, it's going to hinge on. And I'll just unveil it now um, because the odds, the odds makers have, and 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 you can you know say, well, odds makers are all about money, where the money is at. I get that, but between the, what the odds are on Bryce Young being the number one pick and the fact that he um, he did his visit with Carolina and then canceled all his other visits kind of tells me, tells yeah. you, tells <laughs> everyone else that, um, yeah, he's going to be the number one pick. So full, full disclosure, my number one pick in the NFL draft for my mock draft is going to be uh, Bryce Young. Now, that being said, number two, Houston, uh, number three, Carolina, number four, Baltimore. Wait, Carolina's three also? I'm sorry. No, I thought it said Arizona. Oh, no, okay. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I missed something. I was like, holy shit, wow. No, no, no. <laughs> no um, so, and the debate is, you know, are the Texans good with Davis Mills? Are they going to C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson? Um, is someone going to trade up to the number three for Arizona's pick? Or quarterback, which would be prime location for the Arizona to get almost a king's ransom, especially if Richardson goes number two, because now you have C.J. Stroud sitting number three. That's prime location for a, a fleecing of a team. And then it comes to, like you said, Indianapolis. They're in the unenviable position of, okay, if CJ and and Bryce Young are done, and they're not there, and one of the next two quarterbacks, we, we whether it's Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, are there, and you're not in love with them, or if they're both there and you're not in love with either one of them, mm-hmm. or you don't value them at a number three or four position, um, because if you're the Colts, you have Sam Ellinger. Uh, I think they have Jacob Eason on the roster still. I'm not 100 percent sure about that, and that's it. I mean, they have. Do they have Matt Ryan still on the roster, or is he like? Uh, I don't know if he officially retired or not. So nah, I mean, might be on the it, roster, it, but he's he's irrelevant at this point. Um, I mean, do you go into the season with with one of those two? Uh, I mean, you could say they're veterans, but they really haven't played that much. Uh, and then Will Levis, who he has the look of a pocket quarterback with the physicality, the strength, the size, and everything. Did absolutely nothing really in college. And the same, I'll say the same thing about Anthony Richardson. He did almost nothing at Florida, yet he has the physical tools, um, mobility, athleticism, arm strength. Again, I'll, I'll say I'll echo the same thing about Will Levis as I'll say about Anthony Richardson. They did nothing in college. They both played... Did they both play in the? Yeah, they both played in the uh, SEC, I believe. Uh, Will Levis played in Kentucky, and and Richardson played in Florida, so they believe they're both in the SEC. So competition there is obviously a little bit higher, but you didn't do anything, you didn't provide for anything, but neither did Patrick Mahomes. So there's this, you know, he could hit, he he, he could miss, right? If you're the Colts, I think what you said, if you get there and you don't like that quarterback, whatever quarterback it is outside, I, honestly, Chris, if CJ or Bryce Young gets a number four uh, and I'm Colts, I'm grabbing one of them. Outside of that, 
I might trade that pick down. Trade it to a team that can build because you know and I know and the Colts know that they're kind of in a win-now win mode. And they need to compete with the Jags because the Jags are on the rise. So yeah. I trade back. I trade back and, and I get those picks like you said and then you make a deal with Baltimore. That's what I do. So, um, and and just to be clear, you know, if you put an offer sheet out for Lamar, you do have to give up the two first-round picks. You can negotiate a deal to kind of make the deal not so much revolving around two first-round picks. You can negotiate it in a different manner uh, as long as both teams agree on it. However, if you don't, here's the offer sheet, here's the contract, and if they don't want to agree but they don't want to match, next two first-round picks go to Baltimore. So either way, I think uh, Indy gets out of it pretty clean if they do drop down and they just – after the draft, they make the trade. Here's our 2024. Here's our 2025. Or, and this is where they have to be careful, Chris, because I believe it's the next two first-round picks. So if you trade down and you get a 2024 first-round pick, now you give up two 2024 first-round picks. So you see what I'm saying there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you got to be real careful if you're, you're in Indianapolis that you – either can work out a deal with, with, with Baltimore or some of that draft capital you get back uh, if you do trade down, whether it's a, you know, a, it, it, if it's a significant trade down and you get that other first-round pick in a future year, you kind of push it as much as you can. But um, I think that's what happens. I think we're down – I think I agree with you. We're down to pretty much. And just looking over the entire landscape of the NFL – it's literally Baltimore and Indianapolis. I think that's that's what we're down to. It's. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, I, I. I don't. I can't really see any anywhere else that would either have the money to spend, be in need of a quarterback that bad, or or be a, a spot where Lamar would actually want to play. I mean, it, we said it before. Quarterback position, uh, ability wise, talent wise, is at an all time high. I can't remember the last time. There were this many quality quarterbacks, and I mean, look, I mean, some teams don't have great quarterbacks. Okay, like yeah. I, I think as far as your 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 question about the Texans go, I think I think Davis Mills might have something, but I think if you're the Texans, you're the number two pick. You're going to want to go for the guy who can be a, fran- a potential franchise game changer, not the project that might be Daniel Jones in three years. Uh, you know, and I mean, obviously Daniel Jones improved, but I mean, it took him a long time to get to where he is now, which is quite honestly, usually the norm, not everyone's Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's gotta be Baltimore. Or 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 Indy, and quite honestly, I, I I if I were him, I'd push to go to Indy. You're playing indoors half your games. Uh, you have an absolute stud of a running back. Uh, the tight ends aren't as strong as they are in Baltimore. Um, overall, the receivers are probably maybe better. I don't know. It's tough because you haven't really seen them with a high caliber quarterback. Slightly. So it's 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 hard. 
uh, all around, I think, better. Maybe the top end, Baltimore has them, but then you get to the overall, and it, it's Indy. Uh, offensive line, they're both pretty good. Um, and let's not forget Indy's defense was the top five defense two years ago. Right. Like, right. this is a team that just pulled the trigger on Lamar. Get it done. Lock him up for a few years. Give Jonathan Taylor an extension. Get that all taken care of. Right. And go into the season as the favorites in the South. Because like you said, the Jags aren't going away. Trevor Lawrence has proved he wasn't a fluke. He's not a bust. He's the real deal, and he's only going to get better. Um, Tennessee looks like they're kind of floundering, and Houston is who knows what happens with Houston. Uh, And, I mean, Tennessee could, you know, Derrick Henry could come back, have a great year, and turn it around, but running – no position is affected by age, like running back. We've discussed that before. Um, So, so much. I wouldn't even be surprised, truthfully, if after day one of the draft, you start hearing rumors about Lamar here, Lamar there. Once the first round picks are made and that's done – and you know where, and the teams know they're going to have those picks because you can't even make them an offer unless you have two first round picks the next two years to give to Baltimore. Yeah. So that narrows some teams down. Whereas after the draft, if you didn't have a first round pick this year, you might go, oh, okay, which brings up another team perhaps. And I'm not sure what their status is two years down the road. There's a lot of chatter about Lamar ending up in Miami and having a trade two out of Baltimore with two first-round picks for Lamar. Miami lost it this year because of the tampering with Tom Brady, although you never really heard about it. Um, uh, So perhaps it's a waiting game there because Lamar can currently choose where he wants to go to, to, to talk to teams. Obviously, Baltimore has to ultimately approve the trade, but... He can choose who to discuss with, and it's not illegal right now. It's not tampering right now for them to go, hey, if you want Lamar, wait till after the draft, and we can discuss things then. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no illegal move there. It's perfectly legal. He can talk to anybody he wants right now. So that could be a thing. Uh, and, you know, the Dolphins, especially with, you know, Tyree Kill telling him he wants to play on his contract and he's done, he's not going to be playing until he's 40. Who knows what happens there, but that's what he's saying now. Yeah. Dolphins might be in, hey, we just spent money to bring in Bradley. We just spent, uh, excuse me, draft capital to bring in Bradley Chubb and paid him. We brought in Tyree Kill. We have, um, uh, 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 oh, God, what's his name? The other receiver. Uh, Jalen Waddle. My God, how did I forget Jalen Waddle's name? Goodness. Um, we have a lot of talent on that team. And Lamar can he make your running in. game, your suspect running game, much more effective. And you got a decent tight end down there, too. So that could be a sleeper. Oh. Miami. Who's their tight end? Uh, 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 um, Kasiki. Chris, you missed it. What? Kasiki's in New England now. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, sh- <laughs> that's right. I forgot all about that. I didn't miss it. I was excited when it happened, too, and I forgot all. Oh, well, okay. So they may need a tight end. Uh, or maybe not if you have Waddle and, and Hill. Um, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you might be fine and, with that. And, and Lamar, if you have that. But will it happen? Probably not. It's probably a stretch. But, I mean, it's a possibility. You could see some teams that aren't in, the play, in, in play right now, even teams that have quarterbacks. I mean, if you have two first-round picks after the draft for the following two years, you can be in the discussion. 
We've seen before. Teams can clear cap space. The Chiefs yeah. had like 140 grand in cap space, and in the same offseason, they re-signed Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. So you don't sign $750 million in contracts when you have 140000 in cap space unless you know how to move the cap around. And again, perfectly, perfectly legal. Teams know yeah. how to do it. They can do it. So it'll be interesting. It'll be a lot of fun to see how it plays out. Um, I, I do want to touch kind of on like three things you mentioned there. Sure. Quickly on the Titans, I think they're going downhill fast. You got the rumors that they may cut King Henry. They're out on Malik Willis, who they just drafted last year in the second round, um, supposedly. So they could be in the conversation for a quarterback in the first round. And I think they have the seventh pick in the draft, mm-hmm. um, which I think is your. Unless you get lucky, none of them quarterbacks is dropping. Um, and if 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 you're gonna take Hinden Hooker out of Tennessee, uh, remember the kid that was a Heisman front runner and then tore his ACL in like one of the last two games of the season. Mm-hmm. That kid who's like 25 years old. If you're gonna draft him, he's pretty much no existence this coming uh, NFL season. So. That's not on the table for him to start, but you can draft him. Um, Houston, I like I like what you said about Houston. Um, I had an uh, not an argument, a conversation with with somebody yesterday about Houston drafting a quarterback. Uh, he's in the mindset that they're going to drop down a little bit and go with Davis Mills. I contest, and I think you'll agree with this, but I'm not sure. It's much like with. Um, the AFC North, we talked about this uh, before last draft, where you have Joe Burrow at that time, Lamar Jackson, and at that time, Deshaun Watson. In that AFC North, you need to draft someone that can match with those guys. Now, mm-hmm. I thought it was Malik Willis. Clearly, they went with Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett seems to be better at the moment, but he also got opportunity to play and failed. So I don't want to be out on Malik Willis yet. I don't want to be. I'll be wrong on him. That's fine. I just he hasn't had an opportunity like uh, Kenny Pickett had. So if we put that to the AFC South, you're looking at Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, clearly ascending to top tier. Um, Houston's gonna. I, I think Tennessee, Indianapolis is going to try to get somebody, whether it's the number four pick move up one spot to get to the number three pick. Crazy as that sounds, they may do that. Um, or, like we've discussed, getting Lamar. Uh, Tennessee's clearly dropping down, and I don't think they're going to get anybody, really. They're going to have to wait till next year. They're yeah. going to have to stink really bad because uh, there's a couple kids out, one of them's from Michigan, that might be that upper echelon talent that you're looking at. Um, so if I'm Houston, I'm looking at all that landscape. And I'm going to skip this year, drop down, get a wide receiver, offensive lineman, defensive back, because I'm not dropping down that much, let's be honest. But I'm going to drop down, not get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young if he's there. Um, And then my future is attached to Davis Mills, who has been ho-hum, okay, not great, not terrible. And then in two years, I'm looking at it, and I'm still I'm going to be sitting bottom of the division, 
not good enough to be at the top of the top of the draft, but still, you know, in mediocrity. I don't think I want that. I really don't. If I'm if I'm Houston, uh, they've sucked for quite a while. Mm. Um, even when when they had Deshaun, they were bubble a bubble, you know, playoff team. I think I need someone with the talent to move the ball down the field, whether it's through the air or with their, with their legs. Um, and I think you, you ideally want Bryce Young, but if you can get C.J. Stroud, he makes all the throws. He has great accuracy. You put him with upper echelon talent, it is going to be probably damn near, I don't know who I can think of, just passing-wise, maybe like Dan Marino or, or, or Tom. You know, in their prime, where he's just hitting every shot, he can drop it in a bucket if he wants to. I've seen it happen; it's scary. Um, but I think if I'm Houston, I'm going to go that direction instead of dropping back two or three spots and get a top, the top wide receiver, the top defensive back to help my team. When you know, and I know, this is a quarterback-driven league, and you, I like Davis Mills. I don't think he's enough right now. You're not in the position. You're just not. No, and I agree. I mean, how many times do you get the second overall pick with a potential franchise-changing quarterback right there? They don't have to move anywhere. don't have to trade for it. don't have to make any moves. If they're not going to take a quarterback, I think they already have already traded that pick unless they're waiting until draft day. But I think I, I just think they take the quarterback. I think they take Stroud. I think that's I think the first two picks are, are cut and dry. And to be honest, I kind of miss the days when uh, like with like Carson Palmer, where the Bengals knew they wanted him and they just signed him ahead of the draft. So then number two is on the board. Right. Um, they probably don't do that anymore, even if they know because the draft is such a big deal that they like as much buzz as possible. Yeah, because we have seen them before. I mean, we thought we Mario thought uh, what's that? Mario Williams. Oh, Mario Williams. We, Reggie Bush was the number one pick on everyone's radar, without yeah. a doubt, except the Houston Texans. You took Mario Williams. <laughs> so, right. um, and, you know, Bush had a nice career, um, yeah. but he wasn't quite the dynamo he was in college, uh, which, you know, whatever that happens. Uh, I think they, they have to take Stroud. I mean, yeah. or a quarterback if they're really high on Richardson, I guess. Um but I think if you want Richardson, you could probably trade down a little bit. I don't think I think there's I don't know I, I you know I don't I think what if scenarios are fruitless. I think I think they take Stroud. I think it's cut and dry they take Stroud. So I think the draft really mm-hmm. begins at three. Although last year we thought for sure Hutchinson was number one, and the Jags shocked us. <laughs> I mean he ended up going two, but I mean still yeah. Strange things happen, but usually not when your team needs a franchise quarterback and there's a potential franchise quarterback on the board. Not a whole lot of surprise normally occurs uh, in that scenario. Right. So I'm going to go, I'm going to say, I think, I think Stroud's going to be number two. Um, and, and then uh, maybe Richardson goes forward into Maybe they decide not to go with Lamar and they decide to go with Richardson. Who knows? Possibly. I, I, I will not unveil it yet, but I do have an interesting, interesting little tidbit oh, about right, three and four. Right. But I'll mail that next week. Um, and then just, just kind of finishing up with everything before we shift to your uh, baseball topic. You're 100% right about the uh, the draft 
with day one being the first round has changed a dynamic in the draft. And, and, and for that part, being rounds two and three being on its own day have kind of shifted a lot of stuff where, especially if you're in the first round at the end of the draft and you're like, I'm going to trade out because I don't like what I see. Now I can kind of sit back for eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours and be like, okay, what do we want? Who do we think instead of, you know, you trade out of the first round and 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later, you're back on, you're back on the clock because maybe you traded to 36 or 35. Now you have a whole half day, 12 hours, do some research, get the right player that you want. It really has changed a lot of stuff. Um, and the first round being on its own, it's just, it's a different animal altogether. And I think it does provide for a team like the the Ravens and the Colts to work out a deal as soon as that first round ends to be like, okay, you shifted out. You're done with the first round. I'm done with the first round. We can look at the future first rounds. We know what we want in the second round or we don't have a second round pick. We can focus on this, getting this deal done so that we both can move on because honestly, if I'm the Ravens, I need some clarity now mm-hmm. and today. Mm-hmm. And if I'm the Colts, I need I need to make a move because I'm staring at a division where if it is C.J. Stroud that comes into the division, now, now I have a talented quarterback in Houston. If they can get them weapons, that's a whole different story. Uh, a ta- a super talented quarterback in Jacksonville. Tennessee is Tennessee. And then you look at the rest of the AFC, you know where you know it's mm-hmm. stacked. Oh, you yeah. know it's up and down. It's going to be a tough hill to climb. If you're not the division winner and you're not a number one seed, it's going to be a tough hill to climb. You're going to have to go through some quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And this, again, I'm going to say it again, it's a quarterback-driven league, and you need to get yourself an upper echelon quarterback or you really, really need to supply that quarterback who may be mediocre above above average excellent weapons to make plays i.e brock purdy with the 49ers he mm-hmm. had a lot of talent so he made use of that we'll see what happens in the future for them but that's kind of the commonality maybe if davis mills had those kind of weapons he'd be more productive but i saw his numbers it ain't it ain't what it ain't no, what you need out of a no. out of a playmaker and i, I just if I'm Indianapolis, I, I got to make that move. So we clear the first round between the fir- end of the first round and beginning of the second round. We could see that deal come to fruition. It will be interesting. You buy in a, you buy in a fact the Niners are uh, set to ride with Brock Purdy and are going to put, put Lance on the block that came out this morning. I saw that. I saw a lot of teams are calling. Uh, and I don't believe Purdy got the, Tommy John surgery, but supposedly he might be ready for mm-hmm. opening day. Maybe a little bit after that. Uh, boy. If you're going to, if you're going to go with Brock Purdy for your future, which it seems like they're going to, you need to get someone to back him up. Uh, when I mean him, I mean Brock Purdy. Cause you, 
you're going to need something in case he's not quite ready for the season. Um, I don't think they have anything uh, outside of... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I forgot. They signed Sam Darnold. Ooh. Um, hey, he holds a clipboard like nobody's business. Uh, well, I don't think he's going to be holding the clipboard for the first couple weeks because <laughs> he'll probably be starting. However, um, if you're solid with Sam Darnold and you feel like you're confident with him being A, the backup, and B, being able to cover for a few weeks before Brock Purdy can get back on the field. I say trade him. Trade him because his value right now is is about as high as it's going to be going forward. Yeah, it's if he steps on the field and he looks terrible, yeah. his value is going to plummet. Uh-huh. And maybe maybe you give him a week or two, but once Brock Purdy's ready, once he's ready, you're going to want to start him. He he was so good in that offense like you're not going to sit there and say, well, let's get Trey Lance's trade value up, and then we'll put Brock Purdy in. No. You're going to start him as soon as he's ready. So if that's the case and you want to ride with Brock Purdy, he clearly knows the offense. He clearly orchestrated it. Arguments are if he didn't get injured, he'd be in the Super Bowl. I would agree with that. Um, eh. I would agree with it, but we'll never live in that universe because unfortunately yeah, Brock doesn't Purdy matter. It didn't happen, so yeah. Yeah, um, I would say trade Trey Lance. I say you, you you're not yeah. going to get the value you no. drafted for. No, you're not getting the value that you traded up to get him either. Uh, but get something, get something of value. I know they don't have a first round pick this year, um, but if you can get yourself a second round pick, supplement your team. You don't need much, but you need something. You need some extra pieces. I say, I say make the trade. Make the trade, trade him to a team that that really desires him. Get as much as you can and make the deal. Don't sit there and nickel and dime a team because at some point a team's just going to say, okay, we're good with what we, what we have. You can keep Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. We'll wait for you to cut him. And I think that's what's going to happen. And he's got, he's got what, how many years left he's got? This is going into year he's three, I believe. Going into year three? They have guaranteed two and a fifth year option. Yeah, he still has a fifth. Yeah, you're right. He's he's going into year three, so he's got. You'll essentially give a team three years to look at him and say, is he the answer or not? And there's teams. I'm not saying the Colts. Colts are win now. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would do that, but if I'm the Baltimore Ravens and I just traded uh, Lamar Jackson. I might I might throw a little bit at him and say bring in Trey Lance. I have um Tyler Huntley. I say let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. You know, uh if you're a team that has a aging veteran that you might want to shift, you know, Tennessee Titans, maybe Las Vegas Raiders after oddly enough after Jimmy's done, you know. Uh, there's possibilities there, but I would definitely trade them. Yeah, I agree. If, if, if you're the Colts, it doesn't make any sense because if you're gonna either, you're either gonna trade or or sign a known commodity, or draft your own guy and have five years with him because it's probably gonna be a first rounder or four if it's if past the first round. So for them, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, when he's when Lance was on the field, it was very limited, but he didn't look great. Um, and you know, not getting first team reps, it could be anything. That's not that's not a, a condemnation on his ability. Just it's what it is. 
and he's been injury prone. He's been hurt both years. He wasn't able to start two years ago because or his rookie year because he was injured going into the into the season. Yep. Uh, and then he got hurt. What game one last season when he was going to be the starter? And you're 100 percent right. You're not going to get anything near the astronomical amount of draft capital you traded up to get in that pick for. Uh, I remember people thinking they traded up that hard to get Mac Jones, and then they ended up taking Trey Lance. Um, so, I mean, if I'm the Niners, if I can get a first for him, or I can even get like an early second and, and another decent pick, maybe a, like a high fourth or something, it's crazy, but you got to consider it. If you don't get anything like that, well, you know what? Keep him. Let him look good in spring. Let him look good in training camp if he's healthy. Uh, and then maybe a couple weeks into the season, somebody trades for him. But it doesn't happen a lot with quarterbacks. It's usually an offseason thing because there's so much to learn with the playbook. So if you're the Niners and you know, you know you're going with Brock Purdy, you've seen enough, you know enough, he's your guy. You don't have Jimmy G anymore. He's being mediocre in, in Vegas now. Um, <laughs> I love that. You get rid of Derek Carr and you bring in less talented Derek Carr. Um, but at least Derek Carr stays on the field. Yeah, right. Yeah, at least Derek Carr stays mediocre on the field, not on the bench. Um, <laughs> so it's like, okay, whatever. If you're Devontae Adams, you got to be thinking, what the hell did I get myself into? Um, yeah, you gotta. I mean, if I'm them, you gotta, you gotta trade him. Unless uh, the only reason they don't is if they're not sure Purdy's their guy and they, they need a quarterback battle and they want to see, uh, because. Uh, otherwise, you're just hanging on to him for nothing and cut your losses, get what you can for him. If you can somehow get a team to give up a first-round pick for him, which I find hard to believe, go for it. Do it. Don't even ask questions. Don't read the fine print. Just trade him. <laughs> like, get back something of substance for all the draft capital you used to get to that third pick and pick him two years ago. Well, let's be real, Chris. I mean... You know, and I know we're not too high on no one. No one's really too high on Sam Darnold. I mean, no, he's on his third team now, based on based even, on his own performances, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and and you know, he hasn't even oh he he he's completed his five fifth season. So, um, he's twenty five years old. So he still has, I guess you could say, time, and he is in the right offense. With the weapon, the only time he has is in his spice cabinet. We know what I'm that boy's saying, made of. He ain't going I'm nowhere. Just, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like he's in the right offense to really like maybe show some success, and then he can identify a team that has a similar offense that he can go sign with after his time with the Niners is done. I'm just saying. We saw it with Ryan Tannehill. I know there was attempts with Marcus Mariota to revive his career, and obviously that didn't really happen. Yeah. But, you know, you could, and, and Gino, Gino's waited forever, and now Gino, at 32 years old, was able to get a a starting quarterback contract. Mm-hmm. Not for a long period of time, but he got a starting quarterback contract. He so got paid. There is a possibility for him to show something, so they could look at that and say, we're going to go with Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold. Trey Lance, we're trading you to X, Team X. And they get compensation. And I wouldn't be opposed to it, especially when, like I said, they don't have a first-round pick. Uh, I think they have a second-round pick, but I don't know what it is off the top of my head. But two second-round picks for a team that has a lot of top-end talent. Um, 
some of it that soon is going to need to be re-signed. So, and some of it's already been re-signed and their contracts are going to get bigger. And mm-hmm. you got a lot, a lot of talent in San Francisco. You can't lose it. So you kind of have to make sure that if you do lose some of that talent, you have replacement pieces behind them. We've seen it at the linebacker position in, in, in San Francisco where they had such a, a plethora of talent. And then you had Patrick Willis, retire and then i would think it was chris borland retired at a very young age oh yeah and and then it was just a, such a gap until you got greenlaw now and you got um fred warner and i know i'm forgetting maybe one other person uh plus the defensive line on its mm-hmm. own so that's where i'm at if i'm san francisco i have i hate, to, I hate, to, treat him, <laughs> I hate to treat him like this but i have a commodity uh a talent and Trey Lance, I can get some draft capital back. Yeah. So you have to look I'm at gonna, it, man. That's a business. I'm going to do it. it. That's what you have yeah. to do. I mean, I'm going to do it. I know I can, outside of, you know, Christian McCaffrey that made the deal, Um, for most part, running backs, they can plug anybody in there and mm-hmm. they're just going to work. Mm-hmm. So, and they got Debo, they got Brandon Ayuk, they have George Kittle. Like, they have the talent, Chris. They have. The premier left tackle in the game and Trenton Williams. Like they have a lot there. So yeah, go get go take him and, and get something. So that way you can replace pieces if you need to. Yeah. Uh it'll it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if shortly after the draft we see not only Lance moves, but uh we see the completion of the Jets Aaron Rodgers saga. Oh Jesus. Uh which at this point I just don't care about anymore. It's like just do it or don't do it. Like really, this is just this is more Aaron Rodgers unnecessary discussion in an off season. Where have I seen this before? Oh yeah, the last five off seasons. Not to defend him, Chris. I think this is a uh, New York Jets, Green Bay Packers. It is. I issue. agree with that, but like it just he comes out and you know I don't know like he. You know, he did put a lot of pressure on it though. I'll yeah, tell you that. Yeah, it's, Saying, it's weird. It's a weird situation. Yeah, yeah. Him basically saying, yeah, the trade is going to happen when Green Bay decides to make the trade. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I listened at, uh, at you saying it was, it was good. I listened to the, the McAfee segment with him on there. And, yeah. I mean, it's it sounded like he just wanted to paint himself out to be this innocent, this innocent little lamb in the woods who was like, oh, my God, I love everything so much, and I'm just so happy to be a member of the NFL, and... I'll play wherever and this and oh and they told me this and they told me that's like okay dude like whatever like go back turn take your light bulbs out in your house go back to your darkness and and come back out week one and and, and then I don't know drink some ayahuasca and pretend you're playing like I don't I don't know what to tell like this guy is just he's from a different planet I don't understand I this like. This is what hey, happens be- when you give an eccentric person money. This is what happens. You get Aaron Rodgers. Hey, Amen. It'll be all over soon, Chris. Don't worry. Oh, I can't wait till he's on the Jets. Everything I dislike will be in one place for the most part, so that's great with me. Oh, I mean, I mean, he'll be done with NFL. Very oh, I'll be playing for the Jets for the next 15 years. Let him waste all that young talent on a guy who's more concerned with himself than winning. I'm all for that. Let's do it. Hey, and if you're the Jets players, just remember, you guys, you guys asked for it. Yeah. Just so you know, you guys yeah, asked if you're, for it. Yeah, you're Garrett Wilson, dude. You look talented as hell, man. If you had a quarterback throwing to you who was more concerned with, with the team than himself, you could be an all-pro. And, That's uh, right. 
you're calling in Father Time here at 40 years old, who clearly, based on the fact that he held up his contract and his negotiations, meaning the Packers could not re-sign Devontae Adams so they knew what Rodgers was doing, which is the reason Devontae Adams is out of town, because he got pissed because they waited too long. Yep. Uh, so tell me Aaron Rodgers is a team player after all that crap. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And the Jets have already signed three of his favorites that he wants, and he's not even on a damn team. This is the weirdest thing ever. This is like trying to impress the girl you like that's already married. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. Like, find someone else. There's a million fish in the sea. You'll be fine. Anyway. Rogers, Rogers, Rogers. All right, so that you good for football for this week? I'm all set. I'm all right. All set. Just a little little, little segment here. Uh, me, and, uh, me and the wife went on a nice little trip last Friday. Went to see Howe Caverns in New York. Really, really fun. After that, went to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Hadn't been there since I was 16 years old. Really nostalgic. A lot of fun. Great time. Hall of Fame was a really nice presentation. Great building. People who work there, super friendly. You know, you walk in, they ask who your favorite team is. They give you this paper with all, like, the, the big-time displays for your team all over the Hall of Fame. Really cool setup. But I'm walking around, especially in the, the history, because you know me, Ben. You know me since seventh grade. Yep. And, and, and teachers used to have to tell me to discuss something other than baseball and baseball history in, in book reports and other reports because I was just obsessed with it. Going through the history and all the records and things, and I'm just looking at some of them, and, and it has dawned on me. like There were the things we didn't think would be reachable when we were kids, right? Like We didn't think anyone would ever beat Mantle's 56-game hitting streak. That's probably not going to happen, just the nature of the game. No one will ever be in the stratosphere, in, 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 the, in the galaxy uh, of coming anywhere near Lou Gehrig or, or, or Kyle Ripken Jr. for consecutive games played ever again. There's just no way. It will never happen. I'll, I'll die on that hill. That's just one that won't get touched. But there was some when we were kids where it's like, all right, these are milestones, but if you have a really, really good career, you can do this. 500 home runs, 3,000 strikeouts, 300 wins. Um, you know, I think I forgot what the milestone for. I think it was like 300 or 400 saves. Uh, you know, batting 300, uh, triple crown, uh, things like that, where it's like it's possible, but it's you have to really have a special season, be a special player. I think even some of those milestones, to be honest with you, aren't going to be seen again. Maybe an anomaly. Every 20 or 30 years, you might see a player have a shot at it. But I'm just looking at I'm looking at these. I went on Pro Baseball Reference just to give them yep. credit because it wasn't my stat accumulation. I'm looking at what they did, and I'm looking at the all, just the all time winners for pitchers. Cy Young, obviously, 511. Much different time. This is back when guys would throw, you know, three games a week, two games a day. Sometimes they'd pitch both complete games of a doubleheader and give up no runs. And you got Walter Johnson at 417, and then you have a, a, a slight dip down to. Grover Alexander and Christy Matthews in the 373. And then you just start, you know, obviously you start decreasing. You have some guys from this past generation. You got Greg Maddox at 355. But again, uh, just a different uh, a different time period where they started, where you were throw, you were you were starting 30, 35 games a year. Uh, Maddox did that in 23 seasons. Roger Clemens, 354. A sad, a sad omission from the Hall of Fame. He should be there, but that is what it is. Uh, he pitched 24 seasons, 354 wins, uh, almost 5,000 innings. Uh, let's see. And then the next one down, you got Nolan Ryan, 27 years, 3, 324. 
then we get, you know, then we get to Glavin at 305. Randy Johnson, one of the all-time greats, one of my personal favorites. 22 seasons, 303 wins. Was always great, just played on a lot of really mediocre Seattle teams. So then we get down to below the 300. And that right there, Randy, just, just for reference, Randy Johnson is the 22nd all-time in terms of wins at 303. Do you know how far we have to go down to get to anybody currently playing today? Oof. I mean, you're probably in the... you got to get into the 200s at least, if not... No, 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 no. Lower than... No? Not, not, but you'll understand why I'm still I'm still standing my ground on it won't happen again when you hear who it is and, and like how old they are. I mean, it's probably Verlander. You are correct, sir. It is Justin next. Verlander. And he's ah, he's injured right now, and he's in his, what is he, 40, 41? Justin Verlander is 40 years old. He ha- uh, has pitched 17 seasons, uh, and he has 244 career wins. And we're talking about a guy now who's one of the most dominant pitchers of our generation. Yep. I mean, we're talking about a guy who started out hot, was just a flamethrower, kind of lost half a step. Probably, you know, something to do with, you know, dating Kate Upton. That would do, you know, any guy would have that issue. Um, your focus is going to be elsewhere. Let's be honest. Millions of dollars or not. Um, 244 wins. And this is a, a multiple-time 20-game winner. A, a guy who's led the league in statistical categories almost every year. Who actually reshaped the way he pitched to come back and be a Cy Young winner again and be a dominating pitcher. As good as there is in the game still at 40, even, you know, when he's healthy. But 244. He's 40 years old with injury history. He doesn't have another year to get 56 more wins. No. That's not happening. You're you're, you're talking you're going to need probably at least three seasons of complete dominance in health to come even close to that. It's not happening. Verlander's not getting 300. So what do we do? We go further down the list. This one kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, The next active player on the list is 39-year-old Zach Grinke with 223 wins. Pitched 20 seasons. One, I was surprised Grinke's pitched longer than Verlander. That was a shocker. Uh, and, and, and he's 39-223. And he, at times, again, was... There's a three-, four-year stretch there, but he was one of the best pitchers in the game. Yeah. Uh, and then we have to go into... At 110, we have Scherzer? Max, Scher- Max Scherzer. Yes, sir. There you go. 38-year-old Max Scherzer, 16 MLB seasons, 203 wins. And the next guy is not that far down the list. He's actually seven spots down, but there's a lot of ties, so it's only it's technically you know two categories. Clayton Kershaw, 35-year-old Clayton Kershaw, who has been, since he stepped into the league, one of the best pitchers in the game. I mean, let's not look at the postseason history necessarily, but the regular season. Ignore that. The Peyton Manning of the mound, if you will. <laughs> um, <laughs> He just got his 200th career win at 35. Yes. And this guy, at times, was absolutely dominant. And really early in his career, didn't have too many health concerns. Uh, you know, at least, you know, he's been, you know, touchy there, but not too bad. And these guys are all... Nowhere near 300. We'll never sniff 300. And they're in their late 30s. Now we get to 41-year-old Adam Wainwright, who's retiring after this year, 195. And then he we have... 200. Uh, he, he might get 200, absolutely. 
you know, might even get 215 if he wins 20 games. Who knows? Probably not, but he's 132nd ranked. Uh, and then we have a dip, let's just say. We have a long way down to 221. 39-year-old Cole Hamels at 163. Isn't he retired? Uh, he's still technically active. These are all active players still on the list. Huh. Um, even if he isn't necessarily on a team, I don't think he's officially retired. So I think it's probably why he's not. Said Johnny Cueto, 37-year-old Johnny Cueto, 288th on the list, 143 wins. Never sniff 200, never mind three. No. Madison Bumgarner, 134. Garrett Cole, 32-year-old Garrett Cole, 134. Now, Garrett Cole is the only one on this list who you could say can get into possibly, possibly the mid to high 200s because he's 32 right now and he's still as good as he's ever been on a, on, on a fantastic team, unfortunately, much I hate to say it. He's only pitched 11 seasons. So let's say he goes to 20 years. Let's say he pitches till he's 41 and he wins. That's, that's, uh, it's nine more seasons. Nine, uh, let's see, uh, math here, math. We're doing math live here on the podcast. We're sort of live. Uh, 300 minus 134 equals 166 divided by nine. He has to be an 18-game winner consistently for the next nine Ooh. seasons. That's not happening. And, that's and just he has to, get... to reinvent himself, too. Exactly. Cause... There's no way that fastball is going to translate. No. And that's not a knock on him. He's a supreme talent, but it's just it happens over time. Not everyone's Verlander. But Garrett Cole has the talent to reinvent himself. But now you're talking you can't be injured. You have to win 18 games a year. You can't. This guy goes out and, and he hurts his shoulder and he misses an entire season. Well, there's 18 wins off that 300 total already. So now you're like paying to your 42 and getting 18 wins a year. It just isn't going to happen. But it does take a player like Garrett Cole who is – an anomaly in the game these days where it's a guy who can go out there and pitch a complete game and get you 10 to 12 strikeouts. That was the norm when we grew up. I mean, you had Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, um, Roger Clemens, Greg Maddox. I mean, Maddox wasn't a flamethrower, but he sure could rack up the strikeouts. Um, I mean, you had all these guys, and you had guys that were like just underneath that level too who were very, very good. Uh, we had a couple we had a couple of guys in Boston for a while, like a Derek Lowe. Was Derek Lowe going to be a – first ballot Hall of Famer. Well, clearly not. But had a really solid career. He's a really good pitcher and a, and a nice number two for a long time with the, with the Red Sox. Um, you just don't see that now. Either a guy is like a Garrett Cole or he just doesn't, like, You're 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 an opener now. You pitch two innings and you don't even qualify for a win. And which unfortunately, I think they're going to change that rule to tweak it to try to make stats more impressive too. Um, because you're supposed to be pitch at least five innings to be qualified for a win. Right. As a starter. Um. As a starter, yeah. Four hundred and nineteenth on the list. The next guy after after Garrett Cole is Lance Lynn at one hundred and twenty three wins. I mean, there's nobody. Nobody. Charlie Morton, thirty nine, hundred and eighteen wins. Uh, Chris Sale, 34-year-old Chris Sale, 115 wins. He looked like a guy. Point point, point made. Chris Sale looked like a guy early in his career, consistent 20-game winner, 300-strikeout guy, or at least high 200-strikeout guy. Pitched a lot of innings. Could probably tell from his frame 
uh, he's a kind of a slight guy that it wasn't going to last forever. Not everyone's Randy Johnson who can be kind of slight and still, you know, hump that fastball right. up there to 100 at 35 years old. Injury problems. Essentially, ever since the end of the first season he came to Boston, yep. uh, 115 career wins, 480th on the list. And, and this list is just littered with guys who possibly had potential early on, but just didn't, you know, you got to be able to win 20 games a year if you're going to even touch 300. And we just have so few guys like that in baseball. And the way the game is 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 going, uh, you're just not going to see it. It's just going to be phased out. Uh, Chris Sale, dominant his first couple of years. Next guy active on the list down here, 37-year-old Corey Kluber. At one point, Sale and Kluber might have been considered two of the top four or five pitchers in the game. Uh, and, you know, injuries really derailed what could have been, you know, Hall of Fame careers, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess all of that is to say, if you had to say right now, yes or no, do you think we'll ever see a 300-game winner again? I will take, let's see, um, best young pitcher right now. And I mean, I mean young. Now, Hunter Green hasn't proven enough to be trending in that direction. Boy, the only one I can think of that like is is upper echelon. That's a young pitcher, off top of my head, is Shohei, who's in his fifth season in uh, Major League Baseball. And I, ju- I actually just looked it up. So trust me, I don't. Rem- I did not memorize this. Um, he has 30 wins right now. 30 wins. Yeah. Now you can say what you want about him hitting and pitching. Uh, you can't really prove whether or not the Tommy John ish, uh, injury uh, was caused by him pitching and hitting. Uh, he did lose the season pretty much pitching. He was able to hit for a portion of it. Um, but he has 30 wins. He is a very dominant pitcher. Uh, overpowering stuff, but he's got, he's 28 years old. He's got 30 wins. He's 28 years old and he's got 30 wins. Yeah. And I would need to dip, dive through. You'd have to look at pitchers that are 25, 26 currently, and they need a substantial amount of wins. I don't think a hundred, but you got to be trending in that direction, you know, Without injuries, because um, I know Michael Kolpak with the White Sox, you know, he's starting to turn in the right direction. He's got a good fastball, good off-speed pitches, um, still relatively young. I think he's mid to late 20s, but he had a Tommy John injury, a Tommy John surgery, I think, like yep. a year or two ago. So that's what you got to look at, and I don't. I don't think we're going to get that, to be honest. I know Hunter Green just signed a, an extension with the Reds. I think he's in, like, his second year. Guy can blow 100-plus easy, but he's on the Reds. That, and the that's Reds, it, too. That's it, too. The Reds yeah. right now suck. Uh, to your point, Chris. Uh, Their fourth highest-paid player has been retired for two decades. Right. Or a decade and a half. Yeah. Uh, Chris Sale just, um, was it yesterday or the day before, Um had a was it six innings, eleven Ks. I think he gave up one run. Didn't factor in the decision because a the offense on the field, which produced nothing, 
Um, and, and they did win, but they won in extra innings. Um, so there's there's those instances where you're you're you're. I think he relinquished it in the sixth. I'm pretty sure it could have been the fifth, but it could have been the sixth. So like to your to your point about those pitchers back, they're they're going eight nine innings. That's why they're locking up so many wins is because they're not relinquishing the bullpen. Or if they are, they're giving it, they're handing it to a dominant closer that is just going to shut the door. So there's your, there's your problem is the more variables you enter into the equation when you're the starting pitcher and you relinquish the ball, the bigger, the, the less likely you're going to get wins. So if you're consistently handing it over in the fifth inning or you know, I mean, you're getting out of the fifth inning and then you have the sixth, seventh, and eighth, and maybe you have a dominant clo- uh, closer, but maybe you don't. Or your offense is not good enough, so they give up one run. Uh, your pitching gives up one run, and you get the loss. Or it's a tie. So it's that's that's a part of the problem. Is just, You just have to be a dominant pitcher. You have to be Jose Fernandez at his peak. You have to be yeah. um, Greg Maddox pitching eight-plus. You know, Mark Burley, when he was pretty consistent for a few years, you know, pumping out 18 to 20 wins. And he was surprisingly getting games at, you know, two hours and five, two hours Mm -hmm. and ten minutes. Uh, But he he was able to go seven, eight, nine innings. So it's just that you're just adding more variables. And you've seen it. I've seen it. Uh, managers are pulling triggers quicker nowadays because they want to get the win. Yep. So you're going to pull the trigger on a pitcher who's, you know, gone four and a third innings and like, oof, first and second. Yeah, we can't get, no, no. Get the left-handed specialist in here. I got to get out of this inning and then we'll build, we'll bridge to the closer if we can. That's the, or like you you mentioned. Yeah. Like you mentioned, uh, the opener, that's a whole different animal unto itself. Um, I just don't, I just don't see the way the 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 game is structured right now, and it could change. It could it could change. It could trend in the direction. Uh, we'll see how these rule changes kind of shift the um, direction of of starting pitching and hitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get some free you can get some free strikes real quick if uh those batters don't pay attention. I know that much, so I don't know, Chris. I, I don't foresee it happening. I don't no. see three hundred wins. I don't see I see two hundred wins as a maybe right now. That's what I see. A maybe. So that's my thoughts. No, I agree. I don't think it's happening. Like I said, somebody like Shohei. Well, I do think Shohei, when he's a free agent, will sign the biggest contract in baseball history. Uh, he's 28 with 30 wins, and it's just not going to happen 300. But And I'm as big as Shohei. Uh, <laughs> I've been toddling that guy for two years now. So, I mean, as a lot of people, not like I'm figuring out. Not like I found something special nobody else saw. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's dynamic. But, you know. Time is still a thing. He doesn't have the time right now at 28 to get 300 wins when he has 30 now. I agree, and it takes a it didn't take something like a Jose Fernandez, you know. Unfortunately, uh, he met an untimely demise. Um, 
maybe even that kid from uh, the Royals who, who who died real young too, uh, Ventura, Jordan Ventura. Yes. Who I mean, he was real young, and he he was going to be a fire, uh, you know, a flamethrower too. And uh, he unfortunately passed away real young, also. Um, you know, sad for many many reasons. Uh, but it's going to take somebody like that who, from the time they come in, can electrify and stay healthy and, and win twenty games. And the way the game is structured, and and the way that players are brought up now, you just don't see it anymore. It doesn't happen. I'll have some other topics uh, as far as that goes. That I can bring up. Uh, I bring up next week. I figure just do one for this week and some other okay. stats that are fun. I mean, we you know don't want to just do it all in one episode when we can we can kind of use it to fill in here and there. It'll be a nice little uh, segment for a few weeks. But uh, you good or anything else? No, I'm all set. All right. If you have any questions on this episode or past episodes or anything sports related at all, Ben, I'd love to hear from you. And where can you get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSPod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Website, BCTSPod.com. And Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating, review, and maybe ask a friend to do the same. Greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you right back here next episode. Thank you.